0: Dude, you're all staticky. I'm all staticky. Yeah. Now it just sounds yeah. like you're jerking off.
1: Well, that was the point. Huh. Any better? Yes. Okay.
0: So just jerking off fixed the problem?
1: Yeah, just jerking off. Okay. It just had it just had a little buildup, you know.
0: Huh. Did you need to clean up or? No, no.
1: Huh? <sighs> all right. stay song. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on! tonight we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, this- Today. Jason is here. Dude,
0: I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds
1: like. And? Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see something, alright? Uh, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. The same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving
0: it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for...
1: The Rundown. Welcome to What's NXT, where we completely vilify a guy who did nothing wrong and then don't apologize when he is acquitted. I'm your host, douchebag McNobjob, McKnock- and with me as always is Grumble Dick McFart. I, we should definitely start our own podcast like What's THS. <laughs> there you go. We got it. No, no, you have you have not tuned in to those fucking. Ugh. You have not tuned in to those assholes. <laughs> you have tuned in to these assholes. It's the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.
0: I, have I am. Okay, you know, sorry, uh, go ahead.
1: Uh, 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 uh. I'm your host, Troy, with me as always, Jason. I
0: have to say, I, I very much admire your severe determination to start this podcast <laughs> beef that is completely ignored by the other side. You keep going. Your hustle is strong, Troy. Mm, well,
1: you know, I had the choice so I could either be the bigger man or, you know, I could be them, and I decided, eh, I'll be the bigger man. We're going to start off... So are we this- going
0: to... Does this mean we're going to, like, fantasy book cosplay, like, role-play accounts for people in, in WWE and you know, book alternate fantasy worlds where we talk about who they would bang and what pets they have and all that stuff.
1: And assume that anybody who's white and is talking to somebody who's not white is immediately racist? Yes.
0: And that anybody who's married is instantly subjugating their wife?
1: Yes. Yes, that's right.
0: <sighs> well, on uh, on that note, <laughs> I will uh, take a- exception to your assertion that uh, Enzo Amore did nothing wrong. <laughs> And he did, he I, did, or that fucking... he was proven innocent, <laughs> lack of evidence versus proven innocent, not the same thing entirely, but... He he did stick his dick in crazy, I will give him that. And that song is fucking awful, I listened to the show last week, it's fucking brutal, it's
1: terrible. No, I love it, it's my new ringtone. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, we start off the show on a somber note as we give a ten bell salute to William Morrissey. Also known as Big Cass, who was completely destroyed and eviscerated via Daniel Bryan on a dot com Because so, why would you want to put that on the real show <laughs> exactly uh, I did read of course uh, one of the one of the writers who said that he you know he, he set that interview up and did no writing for it, and kind of explained that a lot of the dot com interviews are um done without a script which is why you get things like uh very good uh lucha things um, but also <laughs> but also why you sometimes get things like this where daniel bryan was able to uh he, he kind of explained it that he came to dan bryan and said this is this is what we need from you he kind of took 30 seconds to compose himself and was like let's go presented presented that uh awesome yeah fucking promo
0: yeah, what was it like? Sh- shin bone to the dome, like your mama ain't home, or something like yeah,
1: that. There was that. Uh, there was uh, <laughs> you can't. Uh, and then it was you can't teach surviving that. Yes. Um, and then of course it was you haven't trained hard enough. You haven't haven't fought hard enough. You haven't wrestled hard enough to beat me. Yes, it was. It was exactly what we wanted. Daniel Bryan, that fire and that intensity, um, and him looking straight into the camera, which I, I appreciate that they. You know, not everybody does that anymore. But actually most people do not do that anymore. So when it does happen it it is a little bit more impactful, you know. Is so the, very...
0: uh, the WWE equivalent of the push a tea this rhyme to Drake?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm gonna um, be like Mauro uh, Ronaldo and just throw out topical fucking current event references. Hey, there you go. Me, uh...
1: <laughs> Whoa, block party. Um <laughs> but we go we go from Are you still blocked point. by him on Twitter? Uh, probably. Uh. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Speaking of I that don't. cast interview, though, before we get into to our our fir- our main segment here, uh, mm-hmm. the one thing I found cool about that cast interview was it was like the old school like superstars get them on a platform like the Mean Gene interviews like they used to yeah. do way back in the day, with like Sar- where Sergeant Slaughter burned the flag and like where they interview introduce the Gobbledygooker and. But the, those types of interviews where Ted DiBiase slapped the ball away from the kid, like that staging, which was sort of weird that it was sort of out of nowhere and the only time they've done it like ever. But mm. it was kind of cool. It brought me back.
1: Yeah, yeah very much so. And then and Cass course, talked. Yeah, and then Cass talked. But it happens. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we go from from that into a little segment we like to call the perfect ten. A tan! A tan! A fucking tan! And we start off with announcing that Monday Night Raw has a new constable. (laughs) Because WWE has no idea what to do with Baron Corbin, they decided he's going to be the constable of Raw. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. And I don't care. No, (laughs)
0: Um, It's just another way for us to completely shit on the GM position and minute marginalize Kurt angle. Um, and I still, I, I point out and you saw it in the host, right? But for the listeners, just think of this folks, think of all the people with talent who were not on raw cause they didn't have time, but instead they spent time on a Kurt Hawkins versus a jobber match over tacos that ended in a disqualification because Baron Corbin had to interfere.
1: Well, he's the constable, and he was doing us a favor by ending the match. He's the constipation of RAW. Yeah. yeah, whatever.
0: Although works. you you did end up with the best nickname for him, I think. <laughs>
1: constable Five Head. Yes. Just just shave it, dude. Just, yeah. shave, just shave your head at this point. You like, really you're, nobody, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah, I don't
0: fucking get that. I I do not get what the fucking point of this is. Like, when Corbin came up, I thought he had some potential. I thought there was something there. Um, I thought he would be one of those guys that maybe would excel at the main roster level where maybe he didn't catch fire on Raw, uh, on NXT. I say, here's this big guy. He's got the look that Vince McMahon likes. Mm -hmm. And little did I know, he was just the fucking male version of Natalia. No charisma nobody cares there's nothing there and he can't really do much in the ring
1: i think a a big part of it is he just can't read scripted promos because we we saw what he could do on talking smack back in the day where he was actually you know coming coming across rather well on a lot of those promos. And uh, I I don't know if it's just that they don't know how to write for him or or what. But the way I always looked at, at Baron Corbin was I thought that he might be kind of the second coming of Scott Hall in terms of character wise, where it was just like asshole who doesn't care he does who just you know goes out there just to kick ass and everything and like that doesn't fuck care about anything else and, and everything and like that and it kind of started him off that way where he was like I only work for money and stuff like that and then he just kind of lost that and then he just became another generic bad guy
0: but they did the same thing with Kevin Owens too I mean he came up mm-hmm. he was the prize fighter and yada 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 now he's mm-hmm. just generic bad guy number 5 Samoa Joe same thing like these are talented guys and their promos keep them on the top of the show but the truth is, they're booked to be nothing special,
1: right? So much so that Kevin Owens can't fucking buy a win recently, and yeah, like you said, Samoa Joe is you know not only not only keeping himself on the top of the card, but honestly, might be the best part of SmackDown at this point. Um, even though he doesn't, he doesn't really have a direction right now. Like you know, we we were a little worried after he lost to Roman. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense why he lost to Roman. And um, then for him, because to just kinda... Roman is fucking Roman, that's why. Yeah. he's fucking another guy named Roman. No, that must get confusing. Well, I mean, really
0: wouldn't matter. Mm. If he jerks off in the mirror, would that be the same thing?
1: Probably, I think so. Does that count? He he would technically be fucking a guy named Roman. Then yeah,
0: but if there's no penetration, he's really just jerking off to a guy named Roman. I mean, his, he's penetrating his hand. I suppose.
1: I uh, Well, to each his own.
0: I think we're splitting palm hairs now.
1: That's true. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, Samojo, again, has is having the same problem on Smackdown the had on Raw, where he's, he's compelling to watch, but he's not doing anything. Like, he's going out there and he's talking a lot, and, and he does a great job of talking, but he's not accomplishing anything. He's not moving himself forward at all, you know? Yeah. And and that's kind of the issue is that nothing that none of the feuds he's ever been in have ever led to anything. You know, right. there's no t- no no titles at all, no real. You know, he'll he'll win one feud and then lose the next kind of feud. It's just he's kind of stuck in this same central location of upper mid card. Can't quite get to the to the main event. Can't seem to win a, a mid card belt either. So I I don't know, but I. I think that he'll do that once they figure out what's going on with the Money in the Bank thing. I think that uh, if he wins the Money in the Bank, that'll be a, a big boon for him, and it'll it'll give him something more to kind of hang his hat on. And maybe eventually they'll pull the pull the uh, um, they'll go ahead and give him a title shot, and maybe give him a championship and run with the championship belt. Uh, because as much as we both like AJ Styles, you know, it might be time for somebody else new on top of SmackDown.
0: Well, that may be coming sooner than later, but. Uh Yeah, no, I, I think Joe would be perfect to carry that, that Money in the Bank case. Uh, I think Joe would be uh, – not Joe uh, – Owens would be great to carry it. I think Miz would be great to carry it. But Joe right now seems to be at, in, in top form. My only concern is do they trust him with all the injuries that have been plaguing him sort of since he came into the WWE? Uh, we'll have to sit back. I, I guess we'll talk about that next week on our prediction show. But mm-hmm. Joe has absolutely just been ethering people on the microphone and – some of his best mic work, and that's saying something, as of late, his promo on Daniel Bryan last week was fucking top-notch. His promo this week was excellent. Um, he he never really isn't excellent in terms of what he does when he got a microphone in his hand. Uh, and he can back it up in the ring, and that's sort of the difference. And a lot of what we see in the WWE these days is you have people who are really good in the ring but just the shits on the mic see Roman Reigns People who are great on the mic and can't necessarily perform at that high level in the ring, like a lot of people consider them is. Carmella, um, another great one. Uh, you could even say Alexa to a degree, um, but there are a lot of those those types. You having a guy like Joe, you having a guy like Kevin Owens, guys who can guys who can speak on the mic, who can cut great, compelling promos, and still. Perform at the highest level in the ring, and those are sort of the unicorns in this business. And why they refuse to allow those people to be at the top of the card or be special is just beyond me.
1: What? Why is the term "ethering him" on the mic like a thing now? I didn't make it a thing. It just is. Who's, who started? Because you just used it. It's right. something that kind of annoys me. Well,
0: Jay Z did a diss track years ago i think it was jay-z or nas one of the two that call it <clears> that they called ether and i think that might have been where sort of the- yeah
1: because i i've seen two two articles on uh cage side seats now that have been like this person ethered this person on the mic and i'm like why is that a thing now why is that why can't you just be like he killed him on the mic or you know he raped him with a mic why can't we do that anymore? Why, why do we got to make dumb fucking terms for shit?
0: Oh, well, we can't say raped him on the mic cause of the whole Enzo thing. So, Oh, well,
1: Enzo didn't rape anybody. Um, but, uh, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Well, you know what?
0: I, Apparently I, I go... she is pursuing civil action. So we'll see how that plays out.
1: Oh, well, good luck. Yeah. Fucking wages getting garnished, bitch. <laughs> All right, so I'm moving right along. What, <laughs> which is the worst feud, Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn, or Bailey and Sasha Banks?
0: I don't fucking know. They're so both I, I, just awful.
1: I have an answer for it. Okay. Um, they're both terrible, but only one was one that I wanted to see. And that's what makes that one worse because of the potential there. I wanted to see a Sasha versus Bailey feud. I, there was potential for a Sasha versus Bailey feud. I didn't care about Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn as a feud. There's no real potential there to begin with. Even if it was really well written, it's still Bobby fucking Lashley who I can't stand. So for well, me, see, that's, it's Sasha it's, Bailey. See, that's where you get that disconnect though because you didn't watch him
0: in Impact. And the Bobby Lashley that you remember from his old WWE run is a completely different guy than what we saw in Impact. We saw in Impact was the guy could cut promos. He was a badass heel. He's just a dominator, a world beater. He was uh, fucking phenomenal in that role. Um, and then come here, and he's once again just back to being smiling black guy. Um, by the way, Bobby, that fucking outfit on Raw was atrocious. I don't know who design that for you or pick that out for you but they should be fired instantly um but this feud I was actually interested in this feud because a program with Lashley and Sammy I and mean, Lashley can work his ass off in the ring we know what Sammy can do the ability of Sammy to bump like a motherfucker for this big powerful guy they could tell great stories in there I thought that would have been great and rather than just doing what they do down in NXT, which is, hey, here's two great wrestlers. Let's stick these guys in the ring and just have them have a personal issue because they think they're better than each other. See, Velveteen Dream and Ricochet, which is probably the most anticipated feud, or Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Um, none of those have people dressing up in drag as sisters. They don't have any corny gimmicks with guitars. Nothing. They're compelling stories. They're stories that people buy into. And they're not fucking hokey. And this shit is just awful. Now, when you talk Bailey and Sasha, the problem here is we're all sitting here, and we've laid it out on this show a bunch of times, or at least I have, I know. The potential was there for you to get the Bailey and Sasha. Story to WrestleMania for the Raw women's title, where you could have had the most compelling women's championship match in a very, very long time. You could have played off the NXT story. You could have played off the these guys are are, they fight forever angle. You could play off better enemies than friends. Like there was so many stories you could tell with these two going into a WrestleMania program. And instead, we got Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. And I love Alexa, but that program was hot garbage, it was rushed, there was no heat behind it, and they've already fucking turned Nia back to a heel. So fuck that. You completely wasted an opportunity to have a great WrestleMania program with what would have probably been a great match, Um, and and you just, because you liked, you had to put the title on fucking Nia, it was garbage. As for which one's worse, (laughs) I fucking flip a coin man truthfully uh neither one is is interesting at all at this point i am hoping that sammy and bobby are given enough time to let the in-ring maybe wipe out some of the mistakes that they've made with the writing
1: the only way that they can save this feud is if uh, sammy calls him the n-word jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) all right so i have a question for you jason (laughs)
0: i'm i'm i shudder to think what it might be but go ahead
1: what does vince mcmahon's love of tag team wrestling and jesus christ have in common
0: i have a feeling i know where you're going but i'm going to allow you to actually verbalize it
1: neither fucking exist that's what that's right (laughs) because the b team earned a fucking title shot over drew mcintyre and dolph ziggler and the rest of the tag team division for that matter
0: Yep, yep, over the
1: Revival, over
0: the asset well, they probably deserved it over the Ascension, but, um, yeah, yeah, no, this was another nonsensical fucking decision. Look, and I think you and I have been staunch advocates for pushing Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas uh, and giving them stuff to do, and I think none of us are upset at that. However, we've spent weeks building this fucking Drew McIntyre Dolph Ziggler team to the point that they were compelling and interesting and people cared about them, and then you don't give them the title shot. You have them job to the B team.
1: Seriously, you also don't have the authors of pain in this match. Uh, so did, explain explain that to me. Well, authors of pain okay. showed up.
0: That I will. Uh, that I can explain. Not putting them in this match because you want them to be world beaters and killers, and you don't want them to go out there and lose in a battle royal. Mm-hmm.
1: But.
0: But not having them on TV at all is a fucking mystery to me. Yeah.
1: Has it been three weeks now?
0: It, it's they, they wrestled... Well, they wrestled the week after their debut, mm-hmm. and then they were on main event the following week, and they, they haven't been seen since.
1: Oh, well, that's good. Speaking
0: of the, the B-Team, you can uh, spend $28 and go to wbshop.com and get a fucking t-shirt that somebody's taken a Sharpie to and wrote B-Team
1: on. Even The Miz now has... Come out and made fun of the shop of WB Shops what, uh, shit that they put out because it's it's fucking bad, man. Like it, it doesn't make any sense at this point.
0: I think the biggest question is now that they've gotten all this money from Saudi Arabia and these new TV deals, can we bring the pyro back?
1: Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: And and get and bring the designers back who used to make cool fucking T-shirts and. The graphics people who used to make cool fucking graphics and all these people that we've cl- – oh, the camera operators so we don't have to do any more fucking selfie promos. Like, mm-hmm. all these cool things we used to have and we used to have nice things and now nothing.
1: Yep. So, uh, yeah, the Authors of Pain debuted um, – what is that? April 9th on Raw. Then they were on the following Raw. Then they missed a week, and then they were on the week after that, so April thirtieth, and then they were on main event uh May fourteenth so they haven't been on raw for two months, and they haven't been on t v for three weeks. yep, yep, that's a good way to put them
0: over mm. at least they've been on t v unlike sanity.
1: Well, again, Sanity has a little bit of a different issue. Apparently, there's a uh, there's an issue with trademarking the name Sanity, um, so which is why they haven't been, been used. So at least that I understand. But why is Andrade C and Almas marginalized on SmackDown when he should be a big fucking deal?
0: There's a huge program with Sin Cara, who hadn't been on TV in a year and a yeah, half.
1: Yeah. Nobody fucking cares. Why Why didn't you just put him on 205 Live if you were going to use him that way?
0: But at least we're using the platform of Money in the Bank to elevate stars like the Riot Squad and mm-hmm. Absolution mm-hmm. and the Iconics. Mm-hmm. And we're none not... of that is happening. <laughs> what
1: are you talking about? None, none of those people are booked for Money in the Bank.
0: Why would they not be? This is like a big deal. It's the women's ladder match. It's a chance to really push a good young talent to the top of the card. And, and it's, I mean, God knows we've had enough of fucking Natalia and, Lana can't wrestle a lick, so, I mean, those, those girls should definitely be in there ahead of them.
1: Mm, nope, sorry. Natalia and Lana and Naomi are all in the Money in the Bank. Uh, so is uh, – Ember Moon will have to take on her elders uh, in that match. She's <laughs> – <laughs> um, but but it's okay because on the men's side of things, we're going to put over fresh young talent like Bobby Roode.
0: I'm okay with that. Bobby Roode is still a relatively new talent to the main roster. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, but but don't worry, because we have plenty of room on the card to put Jinder Mahal in a match.
0: Oh my god, that nobody <laughs> wants to fucking see or gives a shit right. about. That Oh god, the, the tag team match on Raw. Fuck these people. Seriously, just fuck them. Now, mm. I will say it's the only fucking match, I think, on Raw that ended with an actual decision. Everything else was a Disqualification or something, but we'll get to that in a topic in just a little bit. Um,
1: no, that's true. That's true. Uh, but don't worry because you know the the women the women get to shine on Money in the Bank because not only do they have a ladder match with a bunch of old fucking hags in it, but they also have one of the worst women's wrestlers ever taking on a person that's only been in one match, and that's Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Um, but but wait because we decided that. Okay, well, things aren't going exactly as planned in the Nia and Ronda feud, so let's add Natalia back into the feud. Well, that—I mean, everything's always better with Natalia, right, Troy? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. There's, <laughs> there's definitely not fucking uh, audio evidence of my hatred for this cunt. Um, but yeah, I mean, wait, you don't? Know, I thought you liked her. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, so you know, Rhonda and. And uh her excessively large clitoris yet again had to be joined in, in this feud with, with fucking Natalia because that's something that we know, I mean, that they they literally have one of her best friends employed on the roster. And could easily bring her up and, and add her to this feud. But you instead keep, see like, you
0: keep going there, but her and Natalia are legit training partners, they are legit friends. Like that that part nobody is a knew shame. that shit.
1: Nobody knew that shit, and she and she was a heel on SmackDown. She came over to Braun, so that she's just like, Wait, "Oh, so fuck you're, all that." All so your
0: your 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 opposition to point to that is that you expect the WWE audience to have followed MMA and know that Ronda and Shayna were friends.
1: I expect. Yeah, I,
0: I, <laughs> I, I think expect- it's far more believable to the WWE's audience and the people who are casual fans and don't follow MMA to buy into the notion of Ronda and Natalia as friends than Ronda and some girl they don't know, they haven't seen, and they don't care about. But why is
1: Natalia here? This feud doesn't need a third person to it.
0: Everything can- needs a little Natalia.
1: No, no. I want to take they need her. someone to
0: teach people how to put the sharpshooter on.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. They also need 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 her to teach everybody else how to keep their fucking pussy covered. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, the, the issue here is the fact that instead of this being like, all right, fine, you want to turn Nia Jax heel, whatever, it's fucking bitches be crazy as it always is. But then you need to be telling the story of here's this fucking monster cunt. And she's going to take off against, the, you know, this fucking MMA superstar. And you could build a story around that. You could build a story around the fact that Nia Jax is, can, can sit there and be like, I have to face you. You've been in one match. Well,
0: and and Nia but, was the one that challenged her, so that wouldn't work. Which is stupid. Yeah. By the way, can but, we stop putting Ronda on fucking commentary? Because oh, she clearly can't do that shit. Now, she was clearly fed the line by Vince or somebody. The What was it? The um, Only my husband can call me that. Ripe for the picking. I don't even know what that fucking oh, means. Oh, ripe for the picking, yep. But yeah. she said it once. They went to commercial, and then she said it fucking again. So clearly they wanted to drill this line home for some reason that I don't know, because it didn't make any fucking sense to me. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. In that context, like your husband what would
1: Yeah. I guess I guess that means that her pussy was ripe. I don't know. Uh, Maybe no she should take a shower. Yeah, that's I don't just
0: know. awful. Like Jesus Christ. Uh pretty anyway. sure,
1: I'm pretty sure they have shower facilities at the arena there. So if you do have a ripe pussy, you go ahead <laughs> and just wash that bitch out. Oh,
0: God. Maybe that's what they mean by Natalia's her training partner.
1: Hey, there you go. Somebody who knows a lot about pussies. And farting and pussy parts <laughs> <laughs> hey, none of those were confirmed queefs that's true that's true they could have came, came from either fucking area who knows with Natalia um, but we go from talking about one pussy to talking about another because CM Punk and Colt Cabana beat Dr. <laughs> Dr. A. court. <laughs> oh my god layers. I missed
0: last week's show so allow me in
1: yes this, po- this is to, what I was hoping
0: to for. posthumously say fuck CM Punk Go ahead. Yeah, tell this story, and then I'll get into this shit because I got a lot to say about this motherfucker.
1: Yeah. So this this obviously wasn't the like this this wasn't the the lawsuit that we had where it was the doctor against CM Punk. Um, or sorry, other way around. This wasn't the lawsuit where it was CM Punk and uh, you know talk, uh, with the lawsuit against the doctor for you know malpractice or like that. This is the doctor and and his. His lawsuit against these two motherfuckers because they put out a podcast where they questioned his, you know, ability as a doctor.
0: And Which, by the way, we're very grateful for because if they had won, Natalia would have sued her ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. So the the end result of this, of course, is that um, everything everything that was said in the podcast was apparently acceptable, was free and clear. We're all good. Um, no, even no, 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 no. See, this is the
0: problem. This is getting mischaracterized. The problem here... All right, fuck, all right, allow me to do this. First of all, CM Punk's a fucking cunt, okay? This guy's a dick. Everything about him just reeks of I'm a, I'm a piece of shit that's so self-centered I don't even understand there's a world outside of Phil fucking Brooks. Now, that said, if the WWE was indeed funding this lawsuit for Chris Amon, as, Amon, as people have speculated and they were the ones sort of pulling the strings as to what they asked for, and they wanted to sort of use this as a way to really put the screws to Punk and, and Cabana whatever, then they're fucking idiots. Because the way this worked, okay, this the, the point of this trial was that due to the comments of Punk and Cabana, they tried to make the case that Dr. amen suffered four million dollars worth of damages mm-hmm. now didn't lose his job didn't lose didn't suffer any sort of injury didn't suffer any malpractice suit didn't su- their case was that he he suffered some torment on the internet mhm and they thought that that should be worth Four fucking million dollars, right? Doctor Eamon, oh. the first time, first day on the stand, they said, "Well, how? What? What personal loss have you suffered as a result of this?" He said, "Well, really, none."
1: Mm-hmm. But, That's a great way to start your case, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, who the fuck also, is
0: this guy's lawyer?
1: So here's here's the other part of that. Now, uh, Punk and Cabana were smart enough to never name this motherfucker. Yeah, they called him Doc. Yeah, they called him Doc. And so idiot was just like, "I'm gonna put a name to the name that they didn't give and and sue them," which is like, "Okay, well, you could have easily been like, well, they definitely weren't talking about me.' Like, I didn't, I didn't do that, you know? Well, I, you okay, have so liability and to go like, oh so well, in, yeah, it was it in his me. defense, which you shouldn't be.
0: Okay, but in not, – no, no, not Punk's defense, in the doctor's defense. On mm-hmm. the podcast, they made reference to the Royal Rumble and the doctor coming over and talking to him in the middle of the match, and you could very clearly go back and see who it was. Right. Didn't take much to figure it out.
1: Okay, but on top of that, so um, obviously with, with a defamation case, yeah, you have to, you have to be able to, one, prove that you did actually suffer something for this, and he could not do that. So instantly, this shouldn't even even have gone to trial because that number one is just like any 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 uh judge should look at that and be like you you haven't uh, suffered at all." Well, I'm just gonna throw this case out, but two, then you've actually got c m Punk admitting to being a hypocrite during this when he sat there and said, "Oh well, you know, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we said you know we talked about." Uh, You know, how this guy was mistreating me and stuff like that. But on top of that, when he was doing his job and saying we need to pull you out of the match, I was like, "Uh, no fucking way. You're not pulling me out of this match. So way to way to prove yourself to be a fucking hypocrite that you go on and on about the mistreatment that you had of the doctors. And then you go ahead and go against doctor's orders. So
0: they also spent about a day worth of testimony describing the difference between a golf ball and a baseball and yeah. What size that's, the growth that's was and
1: where the growth was and, but that is that is completely normal for for lawsuits. I that that I have a problem with. So, I have a problem. I I have a bigger problem with the the media coverage of this as well because instead of of talking about the bigger issues that that this case was bringing up, you know, about some of the of the way that wrestlers are treated by you know by doctors and everything like that. What was the fucking headline that three different fucking wrestling uh, websites that I, I follow uh, um, put up there was CM Punk confirms that CM stands for Chick Magnet. Yeah. Like, who first of all, who the fuck cares? Like, CM one, everybody knows what the fuck CM stood for. It was Cookie Monster. Right. Two, why aren't you talking about the fact that, that – that there's there's some shady shit still going on with the fucking doctors in WWE. Like that's I mean, that's shady
0: shit going on with doctors in every entertainment well, yeah. sports sporting thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not a newsflash. I mean let's be honest. To me the
1: biggest but, that, but that's the news article. That's what no, it should be.
0: No, see to it's, me the biggest fucking thing I take issue with here is this fucking characterization after the fact of. Well, uh, the jury decided in favor of CM Punk, so clearly everything he was saying was true. No, that's not what this fucking case was decided. What was decided was the things they said about Dr. Amon did not cause him $4 million worth of damages. Had nothing to do with saying that anything that CM Punk said was fucking true. But that's how the, we mischaracterize it. It did right. not vindicate the things Punk said. It did not make them accurate. The simply the simple result of this case was that the jury decided that the prosecution could not prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Doctor Amon had lost four million dollars as a result of these action these comments by Punk and Cabana.
1: The only way that you would be able to say that the things that Punk said were were vindicated would be if there was a malpractice lawsuit right and punk and punk won it which won't happen only which won't won't happen because uh yeah he's not one he's not going to go against dr amon for a malpractice two he would have a hard time doing that anyways right uh, because, like I said, he admitted already on the stand that he went against doctor 's orders, right. so you can talk all you want about this fucking lump on your ass sort of like that, but the problem is you had a concussion, and you you said i 'm not leaving this fucking match so but yeah, like i said that 's the only way that you I, that 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 you can say that everything the punk said was was real, you know, I think my favorite part of the trial was
0: when they had a j Lee get up there to testify. And I yeah. asked her to list her occupation, and she said, author and mental health advocate.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Whatever you say.
0: You've written one fucking book, okay? C- congratulations. I guess technically that makes you an author. That does make her an author. In the same but... way, cooking one meal makes you a fucking
1: chef. But No, no, she's a New York Times bestselling author. <sighs> that... So so I have no problem with that aspect of it. You're focusing on the wrong aspect. It's the other one. That's not a profession. <laughs> <laughs> really, li-
0: listen, really, she, she quit her job mm-hmm. for for a very clear reason. So her obvious Rick? occupation is Dick Taker. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's dick-taker. it. That's what she yeah. left her last job to do.
1: Right. She, le- she left her last job to to take CM Punk's weird crooked dick. I, and... I'm pretty sure it's
0: straight edge. Oh, that's right. That's straight edge. <laughs>
1: his weirdly straight dick like a la seth rollins and his weirdly like 90 degree angle dick <laughs> uh and and also to to tell cm punk it's so okay, it's okay that you got your ass beat by that guy because you know what you're still a WWE champion
0: <laughs> oh my god so that that cm punk's second fight is coming up this saturday as we record this oh and shit yeah god i cannot hope now the guy he's facing is an absolute fucking scrub. For those of you who don't know, this is basically an MMA writer. Like, this guy's primary occupation is to write about MMA, but he occasionally gets in the uh, octagon himself. Yes. Occasionally. And he's gotten his ass kicked pretty much every time he's done it. So they couldn't have put a bigger softball on the table, not a softball-sized lump on his ass, but a bigger softball on the table for CM Punk to win this fight. And I, for one so desperately hope he gets fucking tapped out in a minute and a half like he did last time and has to just walk away with his fucking tail between his legs and then as far as i'm concerned he could take his head and stick it all in his
1: ass so (laughs) the thing that both of these idiots have in common mike jackson and cm punk is both of them have lost to mickey gall And now that is officially Mike Jackson's only UFC fight is against Mickey Gall, who also beat CM Punk. So there's that. (laughs) There's also, as you said, uh, yeah, Mike, the truth, Jackson. Uh, Is he related
0: to the Young Bucks by any chance?
1: I don't think so. Okay. He's black. So, yeah.
0: I guess I just don't see colors in people, Troy. Sorry.
1: That's true. I got gotcha. Yeah. So, yes, he. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Yeah. So he is. Uh, Yeah. Just essentially some dude that they're like, OK, well, yeah. You, you know, both of these guys lost to the same dude. This is a guy who we think CM Punk can beat. So that way we didn't waste all of this fucking money that we spent on him. Because, let's, let's face it, if he loses to this fucking guy, like it's over. Why would Dana White book in front of the match? Why would anybody buy a pay-per-view with CM Punk's name on it after this?
0: The rest of this card is really good, and mm-hmm. I think they're sort of banking on that as a way to uh, get past the CM Punk thing if it sucks. But,
1: I mean, seriously, Jesus. Well, they did the same thing before, too.
0: Well, no, CM Punk was sort of the, one of the main draws on the show last time. I understand they had what was it? Um, shit, was that the Overeem and uh, I want to say it was Overeem and uh, shit. What am I forgetting? The guy's name, um, Miocic, right? Was that that one?
1: Uh, let me check real quickly.
0: It was two hundred five? I want to say two hundred three. Two hundred
1: three. Okay. Uh, yep, marotic and an Overeem.
0: Okay, so. There you have it. That's what it was. That was the real draw.
1: And, uh... but he was on. He was on the pill poster for it. Yeah, yeah. And, it and was a big draw for it. Again. <laughs> He is again. But this one obviously is Whitaker and Romero too. Yeah. So that's obviously the bigger draw there. Um, but yeah, and I mean, Conor McGregor versus a bus. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Why can't Conor McGregor get glass in this guy's eyes? Really? I mean,
1: yeah. So, but again, they're putting they're putting two guys that are zero one on the main card just because it's CM Punk, which I don't understand. Because at this point, like maybe you should put him on the preliminary. Considering we got fucking Alistair Overeem on the preliminary card, a fucking former champion can't can't make it to the to the main card because we have to have fucking CM Punk in his fucking fists of spaghetti. I wonder how much they're paying Punk this time. I thought that he, no, he should be the same as the first fight.
0: Oh, good. So he's probably making as more than the guys in the main event.
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, cause it,
0: it, I think Which he, is funny given that he spent so much time on that fucking podcast in question bitching about other guys who are part-timers and aren't there all the time and haven't put in the fucking time and dues that he has getting more money than him in the payouts at WrestleMania. But, well, he, you know, I'm sure he was. would be fucking opposed to getting that in UFC for himself when he's the one who's been there two fucking fights and is making more than guys who have busted their ass for an entire fucking career because
1: fuck CM Punk. This is the... See, This is the same guy, though, that if WWE offered him, like, $6 million to come back and main event WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar, he'd be like, done. That's the crux of his fucking issue, and that's the the fucking,
0: like, the biggest problem he has with WWE. If you go back and listen to that fucking podcast, or Adam, in Adam's case, listen to it for the first fucking time, because he's only (laughs) eight years old. But if you go back and listen to that fucking thing, the crux of his issue is that other people were in the last match at WrestleMania. Right. That's it. If they'd put him in the last match at WrestleMania, he'd have been fucking fine. Right. A, a spot that has been in the past reserved for such fucking amazing matches as Hulk Hogan versus Sid Vicious. Yeah. Last match at a WrestleMania, Undertaker versus Sid Vicious. Wasn't that one of them? Yep. 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 Fucking that's that's what you're striving for. Yep.
1: And remember, and just remember, this is a guy who held a title for over a year. But but that wasn't good enough. Nope, nope. He wasn't. He was never the top guy. Well, you know what? There's one fucking top guy, and that's Vince McMahon. Everybody else is his pawn, and you should be happy that you got the fucking opportunity you did, because you because you know what? I guarantee you that when Kevin Owens goes out there and wrestles a fucking five minute match against Kurt Hawkins, he goes in the back and goes, "Yep, I'm happy. I'm here." Right. And it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that he was in the main event or that he was he was you know, was, was a curtain jerker. What matters is that he was there. And that's all that should fucking matter. Because this is the this is the issue is you've got he's he's the same fucking mentality as a lot of these other old school guys who sit there and say like, Oh well you know what, titles don't mean anything, but I better be the fucking world champion. You know? And it's it's the same fucking shit. It I was, got an idea.
0: Why don't you put the belt on me? Yeah. Okay, great. It's... And then what? And then I beat everybody. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know. And of course, you know, speaking of colossal fucking assholes, it appears that Vince Russo's writing raw again, bro. <laughs> bro, bro. Let me just tell you, bro. That's what it fucking feels like,
0: man. I, I we talked we we hinted on this earlier, but I I Pretty sure I go back and check, but I'm pretty sure no, the but yeah now no they changed that decision. So I'm pretty sure everything other than the tag team match in Raw ended with a fuck finish or a disqualification or a no contest or some bullshit. This is Vince Russo attitude error writing right here. There's so, there's so no I'll... continuity from one week to another. There's no actual story arcs. It's just on the fly booking week to week. We're we're not having any finishes. We're wasting half of our talent. They're not even on there. And I will say this. The thing I will give Vince Russo, as bad as some of his shit was, the thing he never really gets credit for from a lot of people, is that he developed storylines for the undercard characters and the the undercard matches. Every match on a pay-per-view had some story and some development to it. That's not the fucking case anymore. They just throw shit together at the last minute for these pay-per-views. Like, the
1: week oh. before the pay-per-view is going to happen. All right, I, I will say, you know, yes, yes, everyone had a storyline, but most of them were garbage. Second... At least uh, there on, was a storyline, though! On, so I'm on cagematch.net. This, this most recent Raw has a 1.31 rating out of 10. So, Elias and Jinder Mahal defeat Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Legit finish.
0: And what was a relatively garbage match other than the, the big spot at the end that was mm-hmm. the
1: senton or whatever it was? Yep. The Rockets point guard James Harden defeated Kurt Hawkins <sighs> by DQ.
0: Ugh. That was so the taco match, by the way.
1: Yep. There's your taco match. Nia Jax defeats Natalia. I've heard
0: of a popcorn match. That was the first time I've ever heard of a taco match.
1: Nia Jax defeats Natalia.
0: By Natalia getting hurt and unable to continue. Correct.
1: Not an actual Ra- finish. Braun Strowman defeats Bobby Roode. Okay. So two. So but got we, two but we had to
0: put the gimmick of him breaking a ladder that was clearly cut in half.
1: Yep. Uh, then we have the B-team winning the Battle Royale. Which was another fuck finish. Yep. You have the Riot Squad defeating Alexa Bliss, Ember Moon, and Sasha Banks by DQ. Another DQ. Finn Balor defeats Kevin Owens by DQ. Another DQ. Yep. So you had two of these seven matches.
0: And seven and the- matches in a three-hour fucking show. Let's yeah. start there.
1: Yeah. But you had, you had five of the seven matches. How many matches were DT, on SmackDown? Jeez, uh, you're really stretching my abilities here. SmackDown Live, which is two hours, had five matches. Okay. So we got seven
0: matches in a three-hour show and five matches in a two-hour show. And I want to say there were three matches on NXT last week, which is one hour. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck are we doing on Raw? I don't know. <laughs> like you, we talked about we talked about Bailey and Sasha. We talked about um, Sammy and, and we talked about Corbin. We talked about Lashley, but there's so much shit to ro- And I guess we have another topic where I, I don't try not to dance too much into it in the main event. Um, but there's so much shit on this show, and I don't mean shit in general terms. I mean shit is in bad stuff. Like I love professional wrestling. I love NXT wrestling. I love the storyline, the personal conflicts, the build-up of angles, the, the way they slowly tell stories to get to this big crescendo at a takeover. That's what I used to love about the WWE, cause it doesn't fucking exist anymore. We don't build anything. We've been building fucking Corbin, not Corbin, we've been building fucking um, McIntyre and Ziggler for three weeks now as a tag team. Fuck are they? We've been telling a story with Gable getting beat up by two guys, in, in in McIntyre. Where the fuck was Gable? Nothing. There's week to week. There's no fucking continuity to any of this shit. And it's shit. It's not even good stuff. That's that's got no
1: continuity. Right. It's just shit. Yeah. So I've uh, invented two of, in two weeks. So I'm letting it all out. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Two or five live had three matches in some one-hour show.
0: Yeah. By the way, uh, uh, Leo Rush is coming to 205
1: Live. Oh well, yeah, good. <laughs> All right, so do you let's think go he's on. ready for Asuka? Um, hmm. I well, you could have chose anybody on 205 Live, and he chose a woman, so that was nice, yeah.
0: Well, that was the whole point. Uh, that
1: was his tweet. I know, I know, but she could have been like, you think he's ready for Hideo Tomi? Because you know, well, that would have been racial. Yeah. Speaking of Asians,
0: Hideo Nakamura. Itami, by the way, is now <laughs> once again a heel on fucking 205 Live.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bitches be crazy. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. you talking Hideo a... Itami, a bitch? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Fight me, bitch. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura the pumpkin latte the fits, to motherfucker. Shut up, I want to get the <laughs> <monitor>
0: shit.
1: <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura uh, goaded AJ Styles into slapping him during a contract signing match. Match, not a match. Contract I, signing segment.
0: Dude, I this is the most entertaining contract signing I've seen in a while. Nakamura is just fucking great. This heel character is outstanding. They this pen has no ink. <laughs> and he throws it, and they give him another one. He's like, this doesn't write. He's got one in his fucking pocket the whole time. <laughs> like, just the subtle little shit. The facials. The. He is so brilliant in this role. He is so amazing. It just makes you realize how much they missed the boat with this guy when he first came up to see what he can do now. Very similar to, uh, we talked about 205 Live. Very similar to when I watch uh, Buddy Murphy on 205 Live and realize how badly NXT missed the boat with what this guy could have been down Mm -hmm. there. Um, But I'm just glad that they found it with Nakamura in time before the, the audience really stopped caring about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a potential for us to really explore this character and really get going with it.
1: Yeah, the only the only thing because I'm I'm a fucking negative asshole, I worry that he's going to get so over as as a heel that they're going to turn a back face and water him down again. And he needs to stay in this character. We yeah, need to see more of this of this heel Nakamura character
0: now. at least for a very long time.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and I think that uh, honestly, I think it's time to put that title on him. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's he's so fucking good, and if you have him lose for the 15th time to fucking AJ Styles, you really need to be like, okay, well, we clearly need to go in separate directions this way now. Right. Whereas if you have him win the title, you can have this feud continue.
0: Yes, and it should continue, because so. it's just now starting to get fucking good. After yeah. 15 matches where there was dick kicks and cunt punts mm-hmm. and all sorts of shit going on in this thing, right. now we finally got the matches that we want to see between these two.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of cunts, Becky Lynch scored her (laughs) biggest win (laughs) in two years as she not only defeated Charlotte, but actually made her tap. In a really, really good match, too. and This may have
0: been the best match on WWE TV this week. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of this, and though I don't think Becky's winning, the Money in the Bank match. I think they've positioned her in a spot now for people to at least be compelled to see her performance in the match. Um, if I were the WWE, I would book it to have her about to win, and then someone, James Ellsworth, comes in and aligns himself with someone and helps him win. Just because.
1: <laughs> no, not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that this is this is the thing that we see quite often heading into Money in the Bank, where one of the contenders gets a big win just because we're like, well, we're not gonna put, we're not gonna fucking have them win it but we're going to give them a little, at least a little bit of a rub heading into it so we don't completely fucking kill their momentum. And in this case, it's actually building momentum for Becky, who hasn't done fucking shit since losing the championship. So.
0: Well, we also see usually it's the people who have a losing streak going in are the people who are the most likely to win. And you look at The Miz losing to the New Day several times, you look at Samoa Joe losing to Roman Reigns, and you look at Kevin Owens... Uh, with his little losing streak that he's got, he's been on lately, and it just strikes me as those are the three most likely characters because they'd be the best with the case. I think yeah. the three of them.
1: Yeah, not to mention the fact that WWE normally likes to break down, break a break a dude down before building him back up with the, the, the championship case. So we saw the same thing with Seth Rollins when he had the the champion, had the had money in the bank where they just had him kind of fucking jobbing left and right. Then mm-hmm. he pulled out the gigantic fucking win. So.
0: And I think I've mentioned the scenario on, on the show before, but I, I think it's absolutely time for Daniel Bryan to get the championship. Miz has the case. Daniel Bryan tells the great story of fun, and then Miz fucking cashes in
1: on him and steals the title. That yeah. absolutely that, should happen. Yeah. That's something that we could, we can definitely, you know, hope for and but we'll see because it seems like that that is still a plan, but they obviously do not want to go into it until they are ready to go fucking balls deep in it. So Yeah. Um Uh but with that we're gonna go right on to Speaking of going balls uh, deep on it. Where were
0: the iconics this
1: week? Uh they were in <laughs> my bedroom. Okay. Uh so speaking of some or <laughs> speaking of something that CM Punk will never get his hands on, it's our main event. And <laughs> How does Raw have so many stars? Yet still feel like there's a lack of top guys, and there are two guys who consider them who call themselves top guys. Neither of whom are ever really on the show. No, exactly. Um, for me, this this goes right back to uh, to not having a world championship on on the roster. Um, I think that's a big part of it. If Brock Lesnar was a full time wrestler, he would be the top guy on Raw hands down but, but, because he has established everything like that okay, but yeah. yeah even taking him out of the equation not having a, a world champion on your thing makes it seem like there's nothing up top and if 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 roman reigns was a universal champion you could at least point to him and be like he is the focal point of the show but because of the fact that we can't have have feuds for the championship he gets lost in to the point where now he's kind of upper mid card with Jinder and there's no main event big be- event feud because there's no main event prize. And to me, that's the biggest thing is there's, you know, now I-, I will counteract my own point by saying that, you know, when Jinder Mahal was WWE champion, he still didn't feel like a top guy. It was still AJ Styles' show at that time. Um, but, you know, they're they're not giving anybody anything to work with. They're not have you know, a, a baby face works the best when they have something to, to stride for. And right now, Roman Reigns has nothing to fight for. So you can't really okay. have it with that. And then you got Seth Rollins, who could be the top guy, but he's the IC champion. And so he's always going to feel a little bit less than anything else. Okay.
0: Let's do this. Okay. Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Bray Wyatt. Uh Baron Corbin.
1: Nah.
0: Bobby Lashley. Nah. Bobby Roode. Braun Strowman.
1: Uh huh.
0: Uh what else we got? Let's see. Dean Ambrose, injury, okay. Finn Balor. Dolph Ziggler. Drew McIntyre. Finn Balor. Elias. Uh, Jinder Mahal, former champion.
1: hmm. Elias.
0: John Cena, not really on the show, but still on the roster. Mm
1: hmm.
0: Kevin Owens.
1: Mm hmm. Sami Zayn.
0: Mojo Rawley.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Holy shit, Neville's still listed on this roster. Um, <laughs> I said Roman Reigns, right? If I didn't, yeah. Roman Reigns. Uh, Sami Zayn, you mentioned earlier. Titus O'Neill. <laughs> that's right. Zack Ryder. Um, <laughs> that's right. And that's just the men. And he look at the women, and you've got Sasha Banks, and Bayley, and Ronda Rousey, and Ruby Riot. And none of these people feel like top guys. None of them. Brock Lesnar, sure, because he's sort of, in a way, you look at the, the well, he feels special because he's never around, but that's, so you just fucking distract the only way you get somebody over is to have not fucking come to work like that's Mm -hmm. the this is a roster full of some of the best fucking talent in the world and none of them feel like they should be at the top of a pay-per-view right now and then i look over on smackdown and i see daniel bryan and samoa joe and aj styles and shinsuke nakamura And the list goes on and on, and all of those guys feel like they should be at the top of a pay-per-view. And I ask myself, self, how the fuck did we get here? How did we let the Raw writing team get us so fucking convoluted that our best fucking performers aren't in the best spots on the show? And instead, we have fucking taco fights between jobbers. How? Mm-hmm. I, I don't fucking understand it. I don't understand how Vince McMahon or anybody else in his fucking company, a stockholder, a board of directors member, can look at that shit. Fucking NBC Universal. How do they look at that shit and go, this is what we want from our program. This is it. This is what we signed up for. Taco matches. That's what we got. Big fucking fight feel. And then we get a great match on paper between Finn Balor and and Kevin Owens to end the show. And there's no stakes. There's no build. There's no history. There's nothing. They make no reference to their battles in NXT. And it's just another fuck finish. Nobody on this show feels special because nobody is booked special except Brock Lesnar. That's it. And maybe Braun Strowman, but you already had him do the job to Lesnar with one F5. So he's clearly not that special. And he could break all the ladders he wants. But to me, this all comes down... It's character development. That's what it all comes down to. They don't develop faces anymore. It's all cool heels and bad heels. And... There's nobody for the cool heels to fight because all the fucking faces are pussies. So you got a great heel turn by Sami Zayn. He's got nobody to match up with. He had a great heel in Kevin Owens. Who's the face he goes up against? Finn Balor, who we've booked as plain white toast. We took away the demon. We took away everything that makes him special. The only thing special about Finn Balor, Balor, is that every time he comes out, it's the extraordinary man. The ordinary uh, was the extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. The fucking tagline, because it's boss time. It's such horseshit the way they book these characters, the way they develop these people. These Characters on their show would not be interesting at all on any other show on television.
1: Finn Balor's got that dick. Um,
0: We didn't do that on the internet now.
1: No, he just he just thrusts into the camera all the time. Uh, We didn't even even mention the fact that uh, uh, Bailey went full retard during her segment, where she apparently was astonished that you can't just take yourself into the fucking match when you're not a part of the match. (laughs) that Uh, was that was the moment where they're just where it was like oh okay she's dumb Um. (laughs) that bothers me less from the Bailey perspective
0: as it does for the referee how the fuck are you booking your officials to have any credibility
1: I don't know it was it was really dumb it was dumb of him to count and then it was more dumb for Bailey's reaction when Kurt Angle was like you weren't part of the match which is like what (laughs) <laughs> well, you mean, I I mean, it, Eric Rowan inserted himself into the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. You mean I can't just join in when somebody else goes down in a match? Preposterous.
0: Now, if she wanted to join in when someone else went
1: down on other things. Yeah, then I'm all for it. As long as they're going down on that ace. <laughs> so let's take a look at what's going on. In your area, I want to make it seem like that was a really bad cut, but there was no cut there. Uh, <laughs> on that ass? Yeah, on that ass. I, would, I wanted to make it seem like there was more that I was saying that you're just like, it's too much. It's too much. i got to cut it. All right. <laughs> ICW returns with Summer Slaughter on June 10th at the La Pica Lounge with a 4 p.m. bell time. Doors open at 3.30. Ringside, just $15 per ticket. In the main event, the ICW Alternative Championship will be in a line in a thumb tap thumb tap thumbtack massacre match as high class villain Mo Foley takes on the Plague Bringer Marcus Crane. Any fans bring the weapons match? Mo Foley's Tag Team partner, High Class Villain Pitstain takes on dysfunction. Psycho Chase McCoy will put on his, put his ICW World Championship online in an open challenge. The ICW Tag Team Championships will be on the line as Special Forces Corporal Robertson and Blazon Benjamin takes on Shoots and Wanderers Scott Marciano and AC, Re- uh, Jesus Christ, AC Riley Shooter with Jason J. The Midwest Championship will be on the line as The Marman, Mario Andrew Cravello with Dina Dana Adiva. There's too many fucking vowels in your people's names. I will take on Mason. In a rematch from the 520 show, The Fable One, Aesop Mitchell will take on Derek St. Holmes. Evil Shadows 2.0 will return to ICW as Evil Shadows 2.0 Stacy Shadows and Sierra take on the Resort Life Captain Spicoli, De La Sexy Sambra, and Johnny Swashbuckle. <laughs> straight that. Straight Hatred Cato and Jack Blackwell with Miss Hatred will take on Bear Kingdom Juan Hernandez and Osotoco. And in a pre match show, Simon Says takes on Pitstain, Zach McGowan, Zach McGuire, and Tyler Sunday. What did I tell you about changing this shit? I don't fucking know these people that well. Uh, Speak, son. It's your turn.
0: uh, uh, Come celebrate the fifth birthday of Lucky Pro Wrestling when they present Star Clash 5 on Saturday, June 23rd at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. Tickets for this event, just $15 each, or you can get a four-pack for $50, which, if you failed math, is $10 off. Uh, Doors open at 645. Live wrestling starts at 730. Matches so far announced a rematch for the LPW Heavyweight Championship as retro Anthony Green defends the title against the man he stole it from, the selfie-made man Vern Vicala with Jillian Lee. That's right. Vern Vicala's like, three-year reign as LPW champion came to an end recently. So R.I.P. Vern Vikell has title reign. Uh, Scotty Slade and Mikey Webb will be handcuffed for this match to LPW President Jim Burgoyne at ringside. The LPW Tag Team Championship will be on the line in a four-corners match as the Horsemen, Scotty Slade and Mikey Webb, defend against the Bitter Club Anthony versus Anthony Stone and I believe that's Dylan, uh, Riot, Cullen Thomas, and the Heat of Ilya Markopoulos and uh, Christian Casanova. In women's action, Jillian Lee takes on Alicia Edwards from Impact Wrestling. Sweatboy Christopher James, along with Danica, takes on Perry Von Vicious. Brickmass Stone will relinquish the LPW Hard Knocks Championship due to an injury, and the number one contender for that title, D.L. Hurst, will face an as-yet-unnamed opponent to crown a new Hard Knocks Champion. Tickets are on sale now at the One Stop Shop in Clinton, Massachusetts. That's 10 High Street and at LuckyProWrestling.com. And I thank Adam for taking out the slash HTML-115722, all shit that he puts in the URL.
1: The stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Friday, June 29th. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets, $20 reserved ringside or $16 advance. purchased via PayPal on BruceCityWrestling1.com or $18 at the door. Then stay at the Elks Lodge for the after party. Tickets go on sale or er, are on sale now. Probably up to that. Already signed, the Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship will be online in a triple threat match as Tokyo Monster Kahagas with Kevin Sullivan take on High Octane Onyx Andretti and Max Holiday. Really hoping for Onyx Andretti to take that belt off of him. The Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship will be online as Lena Oro takes on Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azur and more Fandemonium matches announced soon at BruceCityWrestling1.com or you can follow, you can follow them on Instagram at Bruce City uh, like him on Twitter at BCW1 or like him on Facebook, Bruce City Wrestling1. And that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, June 7th, 2018. It has been like 27 seconds since I muted my mic because my child won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show via Wrestling at gmail.com.
0: Leave
1: like us Like that voicemail. guy did last week when he told us it was the best show ever. I know, and I shouted him out and read his email. I heard. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967 at 61-Rundown-7. We are now on Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash rundown wrestling for more information there. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Rockett on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash thewpan or thewpan.com for more information there. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on the show Yessalyn Waltz on Tup TV. Go to TupTv.com to stream it. Tune in to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows if we have them. <laughs> NXT Revisited, the Rundown Sit Down, WrestleMania Salvation, Glow and the Nitromania Podcast all could potentially show up at random on your feed. Well the Nitromania Podcast has adopted the what's NXT schedule, so Mm-hmm. That's true. Follow our to say time.
0: it's released whenever the fuck Adam feels like it. Good news yeah. though, Adam Salt Shaker will be returning to the Rundown <laughs> as a regular contributor. Because now he doesn't have the excuse of having to work on the Nitro Mania podcast because it's only yeah. releasing like once a year now.
1: There you go. Follow on host. Follow our hosts uh, host on Twitter at jsteward 920 at rockstar troy, at salmania taz, at the cells are erect, and at Johnny Analog. Thanks to all of you for listening. I wonder Thanks. if Johnny Analog's
0: gotten any fucking
1: followers as a result of us. Probably not. We don't even have followers. Well, he got uh, you
0: <laughs> and I for it from it, I guess. So if nothing else, you get too.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jason. Thanks, Troy. Thanks again for our theme song. Next week, we have our money in the bank predictions. Spoiler alert: I predict the show's gonna suck. I predict that our show will suck next week as well.
0: No, I meant the money in the bank.
1: Show. Oh, I meant both. Um, See
0: ya. I guess that means we'll uh, see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.
1: The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently bequeathed to us following the untimely death of Adam Selzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode is also hosted by Troy Bozen and Jason Stewart. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our other podcasts and shows on questionnetwork.com and tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.